Yeah, you know what it is, Truth Nation. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. The best way to start your day. Cutting through the noise and bringing you the real stories behind the headlines. Talk to someone about how you feel. Do not internalize it. Do not consume it. You deserve to be heard. It's time to wake up with Milwaukee's favorite morning show. It's not just we canceled it. It's over. It's a done deal. Shouldn't be that way. That program still should proceed no matter how a few may go now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. Tell him, where are all the watch parties? Where the hey. brothers going to be? Hey. <laughs> I just want to see what she was going to do. This is Truth Be Told with DT and Telly on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Here are your hosts, the effective communication coach, Denise Thomas, and two-time Emmy Award winner, Telly Hughes. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy, happy Monday, July 3rd to each of you. Thank you so much for starting your day with DT and Telly. This is Truth Be Told with DT and Telly coming to you live from the American Family Insurance Studio inside the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. If you're just tuning in, again, good morning. We've been talking about the reaction. So last week, we broke the news regarding the Supreme Court's landmark ruling to make it illegal for colleges and universities to use race as a factor during the admissions process, which commonly is regarded as affirmative action. Truth Nation, this is a big deal. This is up there with Roe versus Wade, Brown versus Board of Education. This is, this is a big deal because the Supreme Court made the ruling and they rationalized it by saying that the 14th Amendment addresses aspects of citizenship and the rights of citizens, includes, including equal protection of the laws. All persons born or naturalized in the United States, you know, representatives shall be apportioned. This, this is what they're saying is their justification if you have not already, I encourage you to Google the U.S. Constitution 14th Amendment and read it in its entirety, especially regarding civil rights and equal protection. Now, there are many domino effects that are going to result based on this ruling. Let me rewind and first reestablish why historically black colleges and universities, also known as HBCU, were established. And again, I want to rewind and go back to why historically black colleges and universities, which are institutions of higher education in this country, were established. They were established, keep in mind, before the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which was signed under the Lyndon B. Johnson, President Lyndon B. Johnson administration, with the intention of primarily serving whom? You got it, black people. Most of these institutions of higher learning were founded during the Reconstruction era and were concentrated in the southern part of the U.S. That's why you have the majority of our HBCUs in the South. 
Now, during the period before racial or during the period of racial segregation, before Brown versus Board of Education, which basically the ruling allowed black people to integrate with white people in public schools. America's institutions of higher education served predominantly white students and disqualified. Are y'all with me? And disqualified or limited black American enrollment. Now, later on, some universities expanded their inclusion of black people and African-Americans because remember, race and ethnicity are two different things. Race is black, ethnicity is African-American into their institutions or gaining the status of minority serving institution becoming predominantly black institutions. So basically it was, okay, we'll, we'll allow you to be educated, but you got to do it together. There, there can be no integration. So HBCUs were established to provide more opportunities. Now, if you look at the introduction of HBCUs, you're going to see a lot of A&M, Alabama A&M. Florida A&M, agricultural and mechanical areas of focus because black Americans at this time were regarded as blue collar trade. We're going to teach you how to be able to, you know, continue to be farmers. And we all know that this country was built on the blood and free labor of enslaved people, black people picking cotton. The United States of America was the sole provider for the world's, the world, y'all, the entire world, planet Earth's cotton utilization. And that came from enslaved black people, and they got no money. So then when it came to education, yep, y'all can get education, but you can't do it with us. And we're going to teach you how you continue to be more agricultural and mechanical. Now, fast forward. In 2019, under President Trump's administration, he signed a bill that restored funding for historically black colleges and universities in the amount of $250 million a year. So this bipartisan bill that was signed under the President Donald Trump administration now provides more than $250 million a year to HBCUs, along with other institutions that serves large portions of and I'll do the quote, minority students. Telly, I don't know about you, but I feel like as we are approaching this day of patriotism and patriotic duties and salutes to independence in this country, I feel like the writing on the wall is telling me that we're going back to separate but equal. And, my, and yeah. I'm also, my, my fear is this, because the younger Americans that are black are going to say, I'm going to go to HBCUs because the capacity in terms of dorms, quality of dorms, et cetera, is not up to par as compared to a predominantly white institution of higher learning. Black Americans basically are going to have to put their money together like Sir Charles Barkley is doing and start to build and invest rebuild, repurpose, reinvest in existing HBCUs. And President Trump making it so that every year $250 million is being provided to HBCUs. The writing to me on the wall is saying, black people, go away. 
go to your own schools, separate but equal. Because if you look at how established or how HBCUs were established, and you look at this Supreme Court justice ruling, and you look at what President Trump did in 2019, combined with his tweet that this is a great day in America, it just all the math is mathing, and the math is telling me as a Black American that my education should be with people who look like me. Oh, and by the way, if I'm in Florida and I attend an HBCU. I can't talk about black history. So that's that's how right I feel now. about it. So let me rewind, Denise, uh, because you put a lot out there to unpack. But one thing that stuck out, you said $250 million is what Trump signed for HBCUs to get. But you said something about it's supposed to go to minority students or something like that? Yeah, so the, the bipartisan bill – that President Donald Trump signed in December of 2019 permanently provides at least $250 million a year to this country's historically black colleges and universities, along with other institutions that are maybe about a dozen or so that serve large shares of minority students. So I'll give you an example. Okay, okay. Like, like a Cardinal Stritch University. Cardinal Street University would be, if they were still existing, would be considered one of those because they served international students. They served not, you know, non-traditional in terms of like, you know, uh, four-year college. I mean, you had a lot of adults, you had a lot of uh, people of color, single moms that attended, including me, that graduated from Cardinal Street. So that would have been the other qualifier. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Outside of HBCUs. Yeah, that's just, uh, I mean, <laughs> because even at that time, it sounded like a lot of money, and it, it was, uh, oh, man, he really cares. And like you said, this has all been a part of a mm-hmm. ploy that mm-hmm. is going to get them where they want to be. Uh, I Because, I mean, does does can Donald Trump name three HBCUs? Probably not. And, and – Freaking two of them are in the state of Florida, and he he couldn't even tell you. So, we got four. We got four uh, HBCUs in Florida. Oh yeah, four. I'm sorry, yeah, four. But I'm saying he couldn't even name two of them. So right, right. I I just I think that uh, this is just it is it is bad and it is such a big deal. And not to say that everyone should just be up in arms now because the decision has been made, but it is a, a huge, huge decision because, like, you got to pay attention to the language. And, and we always talk about on here on Truth Be Told how words matter. Listen to what they're saying because a lot of times you could get the message with, by what they're not saying or and the generic exactly. terms. Yes, yes. So and history, I mean, be history repeats itself. Like yes, you see, what I'm saying like does. this is a this is a perfect example of I history repeating it. itself. Because when yep. you, you when you look it, at it why HBCUs were established in this country, it's very similar to the agendas that many uh, individuals that are running for president in 2024 are sharing in their narrative. And for many of us, we say, okay, well, Denise, look. It's colleges and universities. College enrollment is declining. A lot of you know students are applying to two-year colleges or accelerated programs or going to trade school. But let me let me just 
say this. This has an impact on black Americans ability to be employed even further in predominantly white instant or excuse me environments which we all know that 85 percent of employers in this country are predominantly white and if there's no reputation of black students on these predominantly white institutions of higher learning including the defendants in this case university of north carolina and harvard university then when employers are looking for that pipeline of talent and they're saying, hey, you know, we need, oh, that's right. No, we don't need diverse candidates. We can just keep this as it is. Because again, there won't be any representation. There will not be a pipeline. There are employers that are very intentional about recruiting through job fairs. And I'm a little far removed from this at HBCUs. But at the end of the day, If there's no representation, if there's no integration of all types of students on predominantly white campuses, that's going to continue to further impact our our ability to be employed. Unless we do our own thing. We're going to have to. Uh, Like heavy D. I know. (laughs) We got our own thing. Look, I know we have to go to break here shortly, but Denise, I want to throw something at you. I know you are a big Chicago Bears fan, a big NFL fan. Bear down! I want want you to be aware of uh, how this decision may affect the NFL moving forward. I'm going to tell you how. You got to keep it locked in. You're listening to Truth Be Told with DT and Telly. More of Truth Be Told with DT and Telly is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. It is Truth Be Told with DT and Telly on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Yo, remember yo. back on the bully when cats used to harmonize like. <laughs> yo. Yo, my men and my women, don't forget about the thing. Shout out to Lauren Hill. One of the best lines ever. How you gonna win when you ain't right within? Talk about this education. What an album. What an album, what a message. You are listening to Truth Be Told with DT and Telly on the award-winning 101.7 FM, The Truth, Milwaukee Black Talk Radio. We're coming to you live from the American Family Insurance Studio inside the avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee. And keep in mind, y'all, although Telly and I will not be live tomorrow, as tomorrow is a federal holiday celebrating our freedom-ish, our independence-ish. We won't be here, but you can always listen to the truth at any given time in any location, 24-7-365 by downloading the Truth app. You can also stream us live now via YouTube and Twitter. Just simply search 101.7 The Truth and you will get Sherwin, Dr. Ken, Mel, Tori Lowe, Telly, and myself anytime that you would like. Before break, we were talking about 
the reactions from many people regarding the ruling that the Supreme Court Justice gave making it illegal for colleges and universities to use race as a factor in college admissions. We were also talking about the similarities in terms of why historically black colleges and universities were established to begin with and why it is obvious now that we're going to have to reevaluate our existing levels of support to HBCUs. President Trump, during his active administration in 2019, signed a bill that allocates permanently $250 million a year to institutions of higher learning that have a large share, and I don't like this word, but I'll use it just from a politically you know, term, minorities, as well as HBCUs. Telly, we were talking about how that not only impacts colleges and universities, but quite frankly, black Americans rely heavily upon access from these PWIs in terms of being part of the talent pipeline for employment. A lot of employers, they will conduct job fairs, they will recruit specifically from predominantly white institutions and also say, you know what? We can also recruit minorities, people of color, diverse people, diverse candidates from these institutions that now based on the Supreme Court justice ruling, it won't happen. I don't care what you say. Because here's the thing, Clarence Thomas, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas Telly was like, you know, we don't, we don't want colleges and universities to admit people based on race. We want them to admit people based on their academic performance, et cetera. But we know that there will still be people who work at both the local, state, and all across the country level of admissions. They're going to say, they're going to interpret this as, I don't have to check that box. I don't have to worry about a lawsuit, racial discrimination. And so therefore, Telly, you will not be admitted into our institution of higher learning. You could take your bliggity, bliggity, bliggity black self on down there to an HBCU. And on top of that, it's not like every uh, non-black person is the best student. Like, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> last time I checked, George Bush, the son, he wasn't that great of a student. He's a C and, student at Yale. C uh, student. Yes, exactly. And I'm sure he got into Yale not because of his high school extravagant transcript. I think it had a lot to do with who he is. And so when you, like like you said, Janice, when, when this ruling comes about it almost seems like it is like huh we ain't got to worry about that anymore we ain't got to worry about we got to have a certain percentage of of minorities uh air quotes minorities in our business to meet a certain level because there were incentives for your diversity don't just think a company just love you know, none white people and just want to hire a bunch of black people. No, there were incentives 
if you hire X amount of minorities, you may get X amount of dollars or grants from the government or the state or whatever the case may be. And before the break, I teased how this plays in other areas. And I was talking about the NFL. And for those of you that don't know, there was a rule that was implemented, I don't know how many years ago, but it was called the Rooney Rule. And it was named after Art Rooney, who is the owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this rule, and it was based off of him hiring Mike Tomlin, uh, who is a black NFL head coach and one of the longest tenured head coaches. It is a rule that was put into play where if there is a head coach opening in the NFL, you have to interview at least two minority candidates, right? Okay, so this was an effort for the NFL to increase that pipeline of black assistants becoming black head coaches. And this rule, like Mike Tomlin's been in Pittsburgh for at least 16, 17 seasons. So let's just say this has been in play for 17 years, right? So out of 17 years, guess how many black head – well, I'm sorry, not even black. Guess how many minority head coaches there are in the NFL? Twenty. Uh, you can use pretty much one hand and one finger on how many head coaches, minority head coaches there are in the NFL. Six. And Ron Rivera is thrown in that minority, uh, the Washington Commanders head coach. So basically five black head coaches. And we got – and we got how many black athletes in the NFL? Let's just say it's probably predominantly. <laughs> and, you know, and, and that's another element of this because the less and less that we have access, like just, just stay with me for a second. The, the less and less, based on this Supreme Court justice ruling, that black people – have access and representation on predominantly white environments, the more and more that non-black people will regard us as educated, as capable of being leaders, as capable of being head coaches. You, 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 if you don't have, most of the time, when people fear black people, it's because they don't understand black people. And the reason why they don't understand black people is because they haven't had experience or exposure relationships with black people. Mm-hmm. And so what I and, need. And, go ahead. Now, I, what, I, what I need Uncle Tom, I mean, excuse me, Supreme Court Justice Clarence <laughs> Thomas to understand is that you benefited. And you are probably very close to looking at retirement. And here you have the audacity to remove, to support the, the, the removal and making it illegal for representation. I had to be very intentional growing up in a predominantly white small town, Evansville, Indiana. I had to be very intentional about traveling. And I, I attended an HBCU university for two years, shout out to Lane College in Jackson, Tennessee. I graduated from Cardinal Stritch. So my trajectory in terms of post-secondary education had a lot to do with being amongst people that look like me as well as being amongst people that 
appreciated and embraced my difference. This is basically telling college universities that there doesn't need to be representation. So if there's no representation, that means that there's no exposure, there's no experience. And so that continues to perpetuate the stereotype that black people aren't educated or that black people don't belong, you know, at Harvard or Yale. Yeah. Or what happens when you are up against a competitor and you're competing for the same job, you're going for the same job. This person graduated from Harvard, or we don't even have to go that far. This person graduated from Virginia Tech. I graduated from Alcorn State. Most people don't even know where Alcorn State is. Who you think is going to get that job? Because even though I had the academic wherewithal to get into Virginia Tech, but because there's probably some people that may have had just a slat, uh, a bit better grades than me, I wasn't allowed in there. But then that affects my whole journey in terms of trying to get a job. And then even with um, – because I am a member of the National Association of Black Journalists. Every year we have a convention. And that's where these networks – and different TV stations will come and recruit. But now, what's their incentive to come to NABJ? Exactly, because they don't have to. There's no – They don't it, have literally, to. The, the wording says prohibits race from being a factor. When we come back from break, we've got a number of talk and text messages coming through on the Truth Talk and Text line, which is 833-212-1017. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate your text. We're going to read and go through these. In the meantime, feel free to call in, too. So you can dial 833-212-1017. We want to hear your voice. It's valuable, and it deserves to be heard. You are listening to Truth Be Told with DT and Telly on the award-winning 101.7 FM, The Truth. More of Truth Be Told with DT and Telly is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. It is Truth Be Told with DT and Telly on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Welcome back to Truth Be Told with DT and Telly, a special three-hour edition. Denise, you didn't forget we're going to 10 today, did you? I did. I'm not going to lie to you, Telly. (laughs) I forgot. But I'm so happy. I'm so excited to have an additional hour. Look, I'm trying to be professional. You laughing at me. You know I did. You know I did. Dude, I'm out here. Y'all, Truth Nation, the Truth Talking Tech sign is 833-212-1017. I was telling Telly during break, when I tell y'all my legs hurt so bad, as y'all know, I've recently went back into the gym working out about two hours a day now because it's the summertime. Sun's out, gun's out. And my guns are gone. They they left. So I'm trying to get them back. And my legs are killing me. I did Bulgarian lunges, Telly. Bulgarian lunges. 
Google image that when you get a chance. Or go to YouTube and just YouTube <laughs> Bulgarian. Not for real, because I want you to understand. No, no, I'm laughing. I'm laughing because if you – I could just hear you if a, a, a guy told you, like, hey, baby, walk sexy for me. You'd be like, ain't no time for that. My way my legs feel. No, you know what I would have said, Telly? If he would have said, baby, walk sexy for me, I'd be like, I am. <laughs> This is, this is my I'm sexy moving. walk. I'm moving. So praise God for the ability to be mobile. But it was funny because off, off uh, break, and let me just share y'all with y'all Truth Nation. This is so funny because I was here in Dallas this weekend. I'm heading back to Milwaukee tonight. But in Dallas, it's hot. And I ran two miles in the morning. But y'all. Because contrary to popular belief, I wouldn't say popular belief, but yes, black people, we run. We run, we do marathons, we do triathlons, we do Ironman, CrossFit, all that. And so I'm at this park not too far from my house here, and people do not know how to stay left or stay right. And I'm like, right in the look, middle, huh? I'm 47, so when I run in the Dallas heat, trust me, I don't want to be doing this. I knew my trainer was going to kick my you-know-what. I knew he was, and he did. But I'm just like, between the moms that had the strollers with the babies, the couples, uh, then the guys that had the dogs, the big dogs, I'm like, move! <laughs> I need a ludicrous. <laughs> Get out <laughs> the way. You're, you're, you're your own horn, a human horn. Bump, up, Move! But you know what, Telly? I used to be that person. I'd be like, look at that fool running in the heat. What's wrong with that person? Or, you know, I'm going to go take a walk, and I would get mad when the runner, you know, runs by me. Now I'm that person. It's hard. Uh, you know, being an athlete, I'm not saying that I am, but I'm just saying being someone who's active and works out regularly, it's it's a lot, especially in this Dallas heat, man. I can't wait to come back to Milwaukee. I'll be there tonight, y'all. Yeah. What's the weather good. looking like well, in, you coming in, in well, it, it's going to be a cooker tomorrow. You coming back, you can't escape the heat, Denise. But uh, today ain't that bad. Uh, I want to say, what? wow, 84. But, yeah, it's going to cook next two days. So you coming so, back just in time, 91 and 90, Tuesday and Wednesday. What's, what's up with the air quality? Do I need to wear a mask? Because I'm going to actually fly into Chicago and then go to Milwaukee. But it, I'm just trying to understand, like, do I need to wear a mask? Oh, you good. good. You good. Yeah, no, the air quality is back normal again. Yeah, there's it's no back smoke. Normal. I'm, I'm, <laughs> so yeah, basically yeah, that means that uh, it, it's still uh, air pollution, but just not to the point where yeah. I'm going to. It, it, okay. It's not as smoggy as L.A., but, yeah, it's, it's – uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on the Troop Talking text yeah. line, which is 833-212-1017, we've been talking about the reactions to the recent Supreme Court justice landmark ruling to make it illegal for colleges and universities to use race as a factor in determining admissions. Brian, on the Truth Talking text line again, which is 833-212-1017. Brian's got a lot to say, Brian. We appreciate you. Um, he says it also forces black folks to get their stuff together because overall the dwindling majority folk going into survival mode. So should we as black folks, we need to reproduce more with our own ethnicity and go into security and law professions ASAP. By security, I mean military. We need to become the prevailing population in all military related fields and to keep our black folks safe and secure in this country. Brian, thank you so much for sharing your perspective. Sir Chant says, 
there are, Telly, to your earlier point, uh, we've got six black head coaches in the NFL, but about 55, or excuse me, 57, according to Sir Chance, are black. There's a, well, definitely we'll, a gap. Uh, like, as a true journalist, Sir Chance, we appreciate your input, but we're going to check the numbers. We just don't uh, <laughs> be like, all right, that's a fact. But 57% to me seems a little low. But, uh, that's what I thought. I was like, 57 that's what yeah, I thought. I was like, mm, that's I why I said like, I, I – Reverse the number, like 75%. I trust my own numbers. Yeah, okay. I trust my own numbers. But, uh, yeah. Now, we were but talking we appreciate about, your input, Sir Chance. Always, Sir Chance. We always appreciate. We were talking about President Donald Trump, who signed a bipartisan bill during his administration in 2019 that permanently provides more than $250 million a year to this country's historically black colleges and universities. On the Truth Talking text line, Spike Lee said Obama did that before President Trump. President Obama, I should say did that before President Trump. He just didn't advertise it for the black vote, saying that President Trump did for the black vote. President Obama did not. Um, you are absolutely correct. In 2010, uh, President Obama signed an executive order promoting excellence, innovation, and sustainability at HBCUs here in the country. And it definitely allocated funding, including $98 million dollars for HBCUs from the Department of Education, $20.5 million for the HBCU Capital Financing Program to prepare, renovate, and construct existing facilities, which is, again, this is where we need the money. $64.5 million for historically black graduate institutions and $103 million for a comprehensive science and technology workforce program at the National Science Foundation designed to engage undergraduates at HBCU. So yes, in addition to a Pell Grant increase under the President Obama administration in 2010, he did it before Trump. Trump extended it, gave more money. So I, I, I appreciate knowing that our previous presidents have understood and supported the importance of sustaining and developing HBCUs in this country. Now, speaking of HBCUs and speaking of education, Telly, your president, Joe Biden, seems to be in a little bit of a little hiccup here because during his campaign almost four years ago, he almost pulled a, a President Papa George Bush. Remember President Papa George Bush was like, no more new taxes. Read my lips. Read no my lips. No more new taxes. And what ended up happening? President Joe Biden schools. did the same thing. Student loan debt will be forgiven. And here's the thing. Like I, I was telling Dr. Ken last night because we, we co-hosted the truth segment on WTMJ. You know, y'all intellectual people like you, Dr. Ken, you know, y'all use y'all eight syllable words. You actually read the disclaimer before you sign the contract. You read the fine print. See, folks like me, <laughs> just give it to us straight. Okay, we, we don't know. We're not privy to all of those. You know, you and Sherwin, y'all, you know, no Everybody ain't going to give it to you like that, though, straight. Everybody well, ain't going to give it though. to you like that. President Joe Biden should have gave it to us straight because at the end exactly. of the day, he really didn't even have the jurisdiction. The president of the United States has one power of significance where he don't have to ask for permission from nobody. 
technically speaking, is he is the commander in chief of the military, of the armed forces, whether it is the Air Force, Army, Navy, Marine Corps. He he runs that. He the big boss. But when it comes to writing a check telling American voters that I'm going to make sure your student loans are forgiven, this is what happens when you don't study. Yeah, this is And so now yeah. You have younger Americans, which I found very interesting, Telly. You have younger Americans in this country that are more reaction that that reacted more to the student debt loan reversal, forgiveness reversal than they did the ruling of removing race as a factor. That's very interesting to me. Cuz basically what that says is, look, I really trying to go to college anyway or I wouldn't really even think about that, but I do want my student loans forgiven. That's more important to me than yeah. the race factor. Yeah, it is. It is it's so sad. It's going to affect 40 million um, uh, borrowers. And uh, yeah, it, and <laughs> this is this ain't something that. All right. We'll worry about it later. The U.S. Mm-hmm. Department of Education says the repayment process will start on September 1 and the first payments will be due in October. Ooh, that's tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, from a budgeting and planning standpoint, that's tomorrow. Yes. Yes. So wow. uh it's it is it is real and it's it's coming and it's coming fast and uh that's just not a minor blow that um that happened. That was a major blow because A, as you mentioned, Denise, that was a huge part of Joe Biden's campaign. And B, it's hard for people who owe on student loans to say i mean to sit back and see how many billions would it be we're giving to ukraine but we can't Mm -hmm. get 400 and something million to forgive these loans and uh and it's it's going to put people in in some tight binds and and like you said people are going to say man look i'm not even trying to go to college anyway why would i go and and uh accumulate all that debt but what the funny thing about this is is that i recently saw an interview with your boy governor ron desantis he said if elected president he will cut the doe he said we will cut department of education he's trying to cut the irs and he's going to cut another agency that's been around or a part of government that's been around for a long time so uh, it is a lot going on but uh, if i'm thinking if if i understand that correctly denise if he cuts the department of education do we got to pay these loans back well we're going to talk more about that when we come back from break but i will say this (laughs) ron ron desantis i can't say it on air when we come back from break we're going to talk about more yes, initiatives. You've been good. We could be a, yeah, I've been good. <laughs> when we come back from break, we're going to talk about more initiatives and agendas that are coming from the Republican Party, as well as the disappointment that we feel from the Democratic Party, their failure to make sure that student loans were forgiven as they were campaigned and promised during Joe Biden's campaign. When we come back. We're going to dissect both of these sides and how that's impacting my ability to truly celebrate as a patriot in this country of the United States of America. You are listening to Truth Be Told with DT and Telly 
on the new award-winning 1017 FM, The Truth. More of Truth Be Told with DT and Telly is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. It is Truth Be Told with DT and Telly on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. Winning 101.7 FM, The Truth. You can listen to us any time of the day. Telly and I are going to take some much-needed, well-deserved time off tomorrow. We hope that you're going to be doing the same. And we encourage you. We invite you. We welcome you and appreciate you listening anytime. All you have to do is download The Truth app through your Google or Apple app store. And we are, again, The Truth, 101.7 FM. 24 7 365 telly why are you shaking your head what's going on brother what you read Man, the more I, the more i read about this this uh these loans not being forgiven the more it hurts man because uh according to the u.s department of education data it shows 685,000 of the 700,000 borrowers who have a student loan in wisconsin would have benefited from the forgiveness if it went through. Mm. That's a lot of folk that was affected. You know what? Here's the thing. A lot of people have beef with student loans being forgiven. The Truth Talking text line is 833-212-1017. How do you feel about student loan forgiveness do you think it's necessary do you think it's fair because i know a lot of people are like i didn't get my student loans forgiven there's three things that i want to highlight as it relates to the student loan forgiveness i'm okay with it and i'm gonna say why i'm okay with it there's a lot of systemic racism that's associated with the student loan process at least you know when i was applying for student loans And what I find interesting is that the interest rates for these student loans were beyond ridiculous. Oftentimes in the mid to high 20s, all the way up to 40% based off the principal balance. That's, That's the first thing that indicates systemic racism. Number two, reporting to credit bureaus. This is my college degree. This is what's going to determine whether or not I'm employable and you're contacting the credit bureaus against me because guess what? Guess what most employers do when they are considering hiring you? They run a what? Credit report. They run a background check. They look at your credit score, all that. Do you see where I'm going with this, Telly? Yeah. And then thirdly, you have in addition to the credit bureaus and the high interest rates, then you go into where you can't do anything until you pay off your balance. You can't get your transcript. So if I'm, again, applying for, you know, maybe a master's program or employment and they want proof, all these things scream systemic racism, systemic racism. So I don't have a problem 
with student loans being forgiven. But I think the long-term solution, Telly, would be not so much to forgive the loans, but to reevaluate the terms of the loan repayment agreement. Start reevaluating these, yes. yeah, these these crazy interest rates. Contacting yeah. credit bureaus, bro. I don't know about you, Telly. I think I, I think you can relate with me, man. I remember having five dollars in my pocket in college and making it last at least three days. Five dollar bill. Mm-hmm. I Absolutely. remember taking the Greyhound bus and for those that are familiar with the greyhound bus back in the day in the 90s man them rides from from jackson tennessee to evansville indiana which would typically be a four-hour car ride man it'd be like a 12-hour day all the stops and you know there's just so much that's part of being a college student that really humbles you yeah and the last thing i need to be worried about when i graduate now is i got $150,000 worth of student loans which 150,000 of that 75 is interest and you didn't call the credit bureaus on me now i can't get a job i can't repay so i'm all for the forgiveness yeah. based on that now once they change it if they were to change it telly then yes if you take out a loan you should be prepared to pay it back yeah absolutely i mean that's what a loan is called but i think that it just really discourages you or makes you not want to pursue other things like what mm-hmm. if i had the audacity to to have the ambition to be a doctor or a lawyer that's four more school years of school that's more that's another six figure loan that you're going to have to take out to get through and so when you get out you don't even have a job yet but you owe 200 grand and like, i'm making what cool. average like 40 to 50k a year come on if man. you're lucky if, if you're, lucky. you're lucky uh i, <laughs> I know i might be in the in the uh low percentile of this but my first job i made seventeen thousand five hundred dollars the first year and then the next year i made nineteen thousand dollars and this was in 2002 this wasn't in 1968 so <laughs> so 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 you're talking about you are you're graduating you're you're looking to start your life and and start your career and you're in a hole already before you can't even get an apartment to go to your first job because they're like, look, your credit report is terrible. And we don't exactly. believe that you're going to pay your rent every month because you're not even paying your student loans. Oh, well, trust and believe. Your job to do all that. <laughs> I, I know exactly firsthand because I'll tell people all the time, you know, I'll tell you my story. That's why I don't apologize for my greatness because I've already been to it. I remember um, my, my checks being garnished. Just took my money with no good morning. How are yeah, you doing? Like, <laughs> when we come back from break, so much going on. We're supposed to be celebrating our freedom, our independence. It don't feel like it. Anyway, the Truth Talking text line is 833-212-1017. We come back from break. We're going to continue this conversation. We want to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you. Again, your voice is valuable and deserves to be heard. Call us. Let us know how you feel regarding the student loans as well as the Supreme Court justice yep. ruling this we're rolling another told. hour we got to remind them we're rolling y'all. in one more hour we're one not done yet hour. one more hour one more hour <laughs> so stay tuned as telly had mentioned we got one more hour we want to hear from you 
We will be back live in the American Family Insurance Studio. This is Truth Be Told with DT and Telly on the new award-winning 101.7 FM, The Truth. More of Truth Be Told with DT and Telly is next on 101.7 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.